unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, you might be wondering why we have some decor that is not normal on our table today. Um, and I will give you a hint, Everest. All right, so we are here today with Dave Roskelly, and he has been to the top of Mount Everest and many other things. So will you just let us know, kind of like a little summary about what makes you special? <laughs> well, my mom always says I'm special, so I think I'm <laughs> special. But I was fortunate enough uh, back in 2016 uh, to complete the seven summits. Everest is one of the seven summits, and I was successful in uh, reaching the top of that in 2013 on my first time, mind you. And How I many times does it normally take people? Uh, success rate is about 40 or 50 percent, so a couple, two, three times okay. to get to the summit. So I was very fortunate. And then in 2020, right before the pandemic, uh, I was fortunate enough to climb the seven volcanic summits, which is the high volcano on each of the seven continents, and was the first American to do so. Wow. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> I can't, I honestly can't even fathom doing that. I've never even hiked a 14er, so... You need to go give it a yeah, try. Yeah, I know. I love hiking, but and, yeah. And okay. we have some beautiful mountains right here outside uh, in yes. Provo, so uh -huh. you should be up there hiking as much as you can. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got to get to it. Okay, so I have so many questions for you. What started this desire for you to want to hike and summit these tall summits across the world? Well, I grew up in Chicago, and uh, the highest point in Illinois is actually man-made. It was the Sears Tower when I was growing up. Now it's the Willis Tower, so it's 1,100 feet uh, tall. And uh, I came out to Utah when I was uh, about 12 or 13 and saw some big mountains and immediately was smitten. Uh, I said, I've got to go to the tops of those mm -hmm. things. And so uh, I didn't even know mountains existed. I'd just seen it in National Geographic or on television and was just blown away. And uh, I came out to BYU in uh, 1986 and climbed Timpanogos and was kind of hooked ever since mm -hmm. then. So. Yeah. yeah. So since you live in Utah, have mm -hmm. you hiked Timpanogos like a million times? Many, now? many times. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually use it now as a training run. I live near the mouth of American Fork Canyon. So I, I trail run and ski up there in Little Cottonwood Canyon quite a bit. Uh, the only way to really uh, train for elevation is at elevation. So mm -hmm. I trail run and do a lot of exercise. Yeah, because breathing is a lot different. <laughs> it's a little different above uh, uh -huh. 10,000 feet. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, do you think that there's anything about like, like any characteristics that you had as a child that kind of led to this? Like, what is it about getting to these summits that you, that's just in you? Well, definitely. So a couple things. Uh, one, I rarely, if ever, get cold. I'm always, I grew up in Chicago, so it's always cold there, or at least in the wintertime, it's very cold. And I have just a natural propensity to, to be warm all the time. So that warm helps. Warm-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> warm that definitely helps. And then just have an incredible sense of adventure. Uh, and I, I really don't like being indoors. I'd rather okay. be outside as much as possible. And that yeah. hasn't waned my entire life. I, That's really I don't cool. mind sharing. I'm 53 and I still would rather be outside than inside. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. I think we definitely want to get into kind of just like your Everest journey. Like what's it like to prepare any spiritual aspects of it? What you feel like when you're hiking, kind of just 
Take yeah. us on the Everest journey. Yeah, good good question. So the, the journey doesn't begin just with the climb. The, the journey begins years in advance. And so I knew from a young age, I always wanted to climb Everest. And uh, But I also knew people died uh, doing that. So you can't just dive right into it. You've got to set all these little micro goals. So everything from uh, diet, diet, exercise, uh, you know, financially being available to, to do something like that. Right. Having an occupation allows you to kind of take some time off and do that. So there's a, a whole bunch of preparation. You could argue that it, for me, maybe it even went back to like being in Boy Scouts as a youth, learning some basic skills. And I served a, a mission as well to the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. And I could argue that some of the lessons I learned as a missionary uh, probably prepared me and helped me. So it, it's, you know, I don't, I don't think the training starts a year out. It, it's mm-hmm. a lifelong uh, uh, training in order to kind of get where you need to be. But I also climbed a whole bunch of mountains prior to going to Everest and, and kind of cut my teeth on lower elevations. And, and then you want to start hiking kind of higher and higher to see how your body does, because mm-hmm. nobody, we're not, we're not engineered. We weren't created to, to function or live uh, above about 20,000 feet. About, it, it, we're just our bodies don't work that way mm-hmm. and so you kind of have to Training. to build on that you've mm-hmm. got to acclimatize and train to that to that level and uh, so it, it just takes a long time it, it just takes quite a while in order yeah. to get there where you need to be someone could ask you like how long did it take for you to prepare and you'd be like my entire life until uh, that I, point, and right? I do say that yeah yeah I do frequently say that because it's it's a lifelong obsession yeah, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. okay so then when you when you finally are ready to go mm-hmm. and you go to where, Nepal, right? It's in, yeah, it's, yes. in, it's on the border of Nepal and China. Okay, mm-hmm. so then you go go there and then what is like the time frame? Like yeah. how long does it take from your arrival till you actually start? Yeah, so it, you plan on about two months of climbing. So it's you're all in. It's a big wow. commitment. And uh, it, it, just to get to base camp, you go to, you fly to Kathmandu and then you fly to Lukla, which is the most dangerous airport in the world. Uh, I joke and say that flying to Lukla was probably the most dangerous thing I did climbing Everest oh. because uh, very, very high mortality rate at that airport. But uh, And then you just start trekking up the valley. It takes about seven to 10 days and you're increasing elevation. So Lukla is about 9,500 feet base camp 17.5. And so on any given day, the, the mountaineering uh, rule of thumb is you don't go above about 1,000 meters or 3,000 feet in any any oh. 24, 48-hour period. You're letting your body kind of mm-hmm. adjust. So it takes a while to, to yeah. get there. And then when you're at base camp, you're acclimatizing and you're making what's called rotations. So you're going to camp one, rest, come back down. And then you might do that again and come back oh. down. And then you're going to go to camp two, rest for a couple of days and then come back down. And so when, when all of a sudden done, you've probably climbed the mountain three, four, five times. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. They, they call them rotations and it's just to get your body, you're producing more red blood cells mm-hmm. is what you're trying to effectively do and just see how your body performs. Yeah. So you're kind of always listening to your body. How am I doing? What's going on here? And uh, so you think that there are lots of people at that point that go up and down, up and down and then realize they can't do it. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. And that's part of the shakeout process. And mm-hmm. so they're absolutely that that's why about 50% of the people don't make it and they end up just going back down. It happens frequently, but some people go back that, to the scary airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scary airport. Yeah. But some people don't don't know any better, and they'll just keep going until they drop and then they perish. Mm-hmm. And so you're you are surrounded by people that have passed up there that have gone before you. Yeah, yeah. it is very humbling for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I'm really interested 
to bring these tools back up and uh, maybe talk about the process of summiting and what you needed to do it and also what goes through your mind. <laughs> so one of the one of the primary tools you're going to use is the, this is an 8,000 meter boot and that's crampons on the bottom and so that's what bites into the snow and ice really well and uh, you don't normally see something like this, uh, but if you're in mountaineering, there's no other way to do it. This is what you have to do to go up the mm -hmm. mountain. And you can sharpen these to a really razor sharp uh, point right there. So they, they get really sharp. Of course, ice axe, you gotta have a good ice axe to, to bite into the snow and ice. And then a couple of other uh, items to, to show you. Th this is essentially kind of the business end of what you go up the mountain on. So this is called an ascender and that hooks onto a fixed line. And uh, that that uh, if you feel that right there, oh yeah, smooth like one little, day, it's sharp the teeth. other. That yeah. bites onto the rope, and then you have uh, basically this hooks into your harness, and that's a, a, a secondary safety line, and that's it. The, is there you know, is there a rope, nice and simple like a permanent yeah. rope up all? There of is. It? They call okay. it a fixed line that is set every year, and then of course you can't do it without supplemental oxygen. So yeah. above about twenty three thousand feet. And I'll, I'll put this on for you guys so you can be a little Oh, it sucks up the little curious. bag. So this, this is uh, your uh, respirator, and that would go into an oxygen cylinder in your backpack. Uh, can, you, breathing, can you hear him? Okay. <laughs> you're, breathing, you're breathing about four liters a minute yeah, as you're, as you're climbing. Kind of yeah. sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little Darth Vader-esque or something yeah. like that. But wow. yeah, this is, this is a, essentially the, the core of the equipment that you're going to use. Uh, for Everest, some mountains require different uh, climbing gear, but this I've used these on on most of my adventures to Antarctica. Uh, I was just climbing in Ecuador in January, and I wore these eight thousand meter boots. Didn't oh. need to, but I still wore them because I like them. I'm comfortable. They're comfortable. Yeah, cool. They're like an old friend. They're not really as heavy as they look. No, no. Yeah. The boots are about two pounds, and the the uh, crampons maybe a pound and a half. So okay. they, it looks a lot bigger than it is. I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. Cool. So we actually have Dave's wife here in the studio with us, and we're going to invite her to come because I bet a lot of you are also wondering, what does his family think about <laughs> him summoning and going to these dangerous places where dangerous airports <laughs> and, and just having know. such yeah. a crazy lifestyle, such, such a risky lifestyle. So we're going to invite Linda to join us and we'll hear from her. And yeah, thank you for joining us. At the table. Here. No problem. <laughs> so, would you just like to let us know your, I don't know, what it's like for you to have this risky dude in your life? That is a great question. <laughs> you know, I've I've always known him as being a very adventurous in person, but um, he started these serious mountain climbs um, about a year after I was diagnosed with MS. So, in 2005, I was diagnosed with MS, and genuinely, I was just please don't mention Mount Everest in any sentence to me ever, really. I, it just was too scary. Our kids were little. We have three boys. And at the time, they were seven, five, and two. And that coupled with my health and, you know, this new lifestyle we were being forced to deal with, it was, it was scary. Yeah. But as I watched him climb these mountains, and like he said, he, he climbed the lower ones first, and um, you kind of build up to the bigger ones. I watched not only how prepared he was, uh, how methodical he was, and of course it's risky, but honestly, he would always defer to me first and just say, 
I really want to make sure you're comfortable with this. I want to make sure you don't feel like I'm doing something you don't feel comfortable with. And he meant it. And he always would put me, he still does, always puts us first, me and the boys first. And we support each other in following our dreams and goals. And um, it made it so it wasn't quite as scary as I watched how not only prepared he was, but genuinely protected. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers, a lot of fasting, a lot of faith. It took a lot of that, but we are a team. We so, we support each other. It's not me just letting him do something. That's not how we operate. We yeah. are just a, a team and um, a partnership and discuss things at length and make sure we're both comfortable with things that we both want to do. But he's definitely the risk taker. <laughs> yeah. I am not necessarily a risk taker, but I will cheer him on and support him all day long because I love the example he has set for our boys mm-hmm. over the years. And he does hard things and he sets goals and he completes those goals. And that has been something our boys have watched and definitely patterned their lives after. And yeah, I'm grateful for that example that they have, not only in, in my spouse, but in, in their father. Oh, that's so good. And, and I sometimes joke, I maybe shouldn't, but we have a good sense of humor about it. We're at two ends of the mobility spectrum. Oh, yes. We have a mountain oh, yes. climber and someone who has difficulty walking. Yeah, so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Sure. No, we can, <laughs> but if you don't laugh, sure. if you don't laugh sure. about it, you're going to go crazy. So yeah. we just have to have on know, both on both ends. You would go very open about yeah. it. I don't mind talking about my health. Mm-hmm. I, I'm struggling more than I ever have. But for many of those years, I was very strong. And I think a lot of it was so I had the energy to raise our children and to let him follow his dreams and, you know, set these goals. And we've just been tremendously blessed over the years. That's so good. It slows me down, Mm -hmm. but it will not stop me or or either one of us. So it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. No problem. She's a winner. (laughs) (laughs) You make a great team. (laughs) Okay. So now um, you brought this little Book of Mormon here. Um, and I've heard this Book of Mormon has also been to the top of Mount Everest. Do you want to talk it, about it that? It has. It, it has. So uh, I always like to set goals, and I always like to encourage people to set goals. But uh, I had not only a goal to climb Mount Everest, but while I was traveling and gone, there's a lot of downtime. And uh, so I set a goal to read the Book of Mormon, which I did. I was able to do. And uh, I carried this with me to Camp 2 just to kind of finish reading and uh, my my uh, climbing partner, Steve Pearson, uh, he signed this as well. Uh, it was his brilliant idea to carry this to the summit of Mount Everest. So we're in our tent and he says, do you think a Book of Mormon's ever been to the top of Everest? And I said, I have no <laughs> idea. He goes, we should, we should take it. And I said, that is an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. You carry it. So he, <laughs> he even carried it. Even though it's it, so small, every Even though it's bit, every, right? every, yeah. it, literally every ounce counts. It uh-huh. really does. And so he carried it. And uh, we've both signed a statement that it's been there. This has also been to the South Pole. Uh, I intend to take it to the North Pole. It's been on a ton of uh, the tops of a ton of mountains before. So, it's, you know, it's really kind of a special yeah. treat to, to have this. And I also always sing High on the Mountaintop. So... When I'm at the peaks, I'm not a very good singer, but there, you know, I have the words in here and we've passed them around before, but, uh, I, I wanted to share that, yeah. uh, as well as just something that was kind of fun. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. Okay. And then also just kind of talking about how the Book of Mormon made it to the top of Mount Everest with you. A lot of times people will go to mountaintops to kind of communicate with God. And I feel like there is definitely a connection between being up there and kind of on the top of the world and, 
feeling closer to him. And so kind of what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, being on the tops of mountains, I do uh, feel a connection with a higher power, with God. There's, It's undeniable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I love, one, I think one of the reasons I love spending so much time in nature is I feel closer to, to God or to deity when I'm outside. Mm-hmm. And I can't quite explain it. I, I don't understand how all that works and the metaphysics of it works, but I do feel closer to a higher power when I'm outdoors. And uh, especially at the tops of mountains, there's no question about it. It was really interesting. We had a climbing liaison from the Nepal government that spent some time with us. And one of the things that they asked was, we respectfully request that you do not stand on the true summit of Everest. And the reasoning behind it was there's at least three or four faiths that believe their God resides there. And so if you stand on top, you're trampling on their God. And so I've always said it makes a ton of sense to be respectful of all faiths. Mm-hmm. And so out of respect, I didn't stand on the top. I didn't see anybody else standing on the top. I did reach over and gently touch it because there's a whole bunch of stuff at the top. And I don't want to go back and have somebody say, you didn't get all the way to the top. <laughs> I did go to the very top, but I didn't stand on the very yeah. top. So, wow, that's yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. So on another interview that you did before, you were talking about how um, a lot of people die on the way down because they think like they get to the summit and then they've done it and then they realize that half of the entire journey is still ahead of them yeah that that is very true yeah so so most of the accidents happen on the descent if you statistically look at all the accident investigations half the accidents or more than half the accidents happen on the descent and and a big part of that our our team lead uh, we had sat phones and, and communication devices, so we could have made a phone call from the summit. And he said, unless you're really compelled to do it, do not make a phone call from the summit. Because what happens is people let their guard down. They've made it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you're only halfway. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not back yet. And so in all, we didn't make a phone call from the summit. I had a, I had a GPS tracker so she could see where I was and knew I would, had summited. But I did not completely relax until I walked through my door at home. Yeah. Then I was home. You I know? think that has <laughs> so much to do with the concept of enduring to the end. Yeah, just I, in life, I right? love it. I'll, There's so yes. many times where we get to something and we're like, now we've accomplished this goal, we've accomplished this goal, and then kind of forget that there's still so much left to continue. There's a lot of enduring that you have to get through to to the end. Yeah, there's so many gospel parallels between climbing uh, and and, and the gospel. Absolutely. so awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, just to wrap it up, since we've we've been talking, we could talk for so much longer. I mean, we really only talked about Mount Everest, and there's like 14. (laughs) But what do you have just kind of like for our audience, a word of advice or something to just leave them with? So I all I love doing difficult things. I love setting a good example, especially for my family and and others. And I I would just uh, encourage everybody not to give up. Set goals and and see them through, e- even if you don't accomplish your goals. Just keep pushing forward. Don't get frustrated that you don't get there. I, I've seen that with with sometimes my boys and and so many kind of the the younger age group. If they don't achieve X by this age, they're frustrated or upset. Mm. Just don't get frustrated. Keep moving forward. I have failed many times in my life. And the, the I think the thing that might separate me from others is I just get up and keep going. And I don't listen to other people when they tell me you can't do something. That actually pushes me harder. Yeah, watch me. <laughs> you say yeah. I can't do that? Watch out because I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so, so much.
Well, that's yes. yeah. She said don't. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is Which very, I appreciate. That is very true. Have I, ever I agree. Said, don't do anything. Have well, I ever stopped you? The no, but the boss is the boss is always in charge, guys. We <laughs> support each other. We go back to supporting each other. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love that. Well, mm -hmm. thank you both so much for yeah, joining it's us. It's good to be here. Thank you. Um, and okay, so we'll link below um, maybe your website or sure. some other mm -hmm. interesting things people can read about your experience, and then. If there's any way for them to, is there any way for them to like contact you? If they have yeah, you can on my website. There's a contact piece. Okay, you cool. You can get in there, and... and then you can comment below as well. Sure. Any questions? Any thoughts? Any just wows? Tell me I'm insane. That's fine. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've well. heard it all. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank, <laughs> thank you guys. Thanks See you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.